Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello everyone and welcome to another edition of the Roper Report Player Ratings Podcast in association with the Sunderland Community Soup Kitchen. It's Gav back once again after another Sunderland win. Uh, thank the Lord we managed to get a victory on Sky TV tonight and I'm, uh, I'm joined by my able Roper Report compatriots. Ant, how are you mate? Yeah, not too bad. I, uh, I'm, I mean, I'm not sure with Sky, I'll be overly pleased to pick that game considering <laughs> some of the other some of the other games have had a 4-3 and a 5-0 but yeah we'll take it it was nice to see them in front of the cameras again yeah we'll take the three points absolutely and uh, Craig Chapman hasn't been on for a while Craig how are you? Relieved is probably the most appropriate word uh, it was far from easy wasn't it but it's a massive three points for us and the fact that it's back to back League One wins hopefully we can now start talking about uh, getting back up that table opposed to seeing that the season was a write off so things are mm. looking a little bit more positive. Wasn't it nice for once though, for when, you, when you've when you got all these away fans telling you, oh, you're nailed on to win, we're rubbish, for it once to, to come off because uh, all day to day we've just had Ipswich fans telling us like, you're nailed on. And I've been sat reading those re- responses all day going, it's not as nailed on as you think, lads. You know, some crap teams have took points off us this season when we really should have won. Um, but for once, it was nice, wasn't it, Craig? Just just to see us like, although it wasn't like a, a two or a three nil win, we we got there in the end. It was important just to get away from from Portman Road with a win, and we did it. Yeah, I think that that's the most crucial thing I'm taking away from this. I know it was unconvincing at times, and we made it an awful lot harder than we should have. But it's exactly like you said. I think if somebody offered this result to us at seven o'clock tonight, we would have absolutely snapped the hands off. It builds a little bit of momentum because that's where we've. We've basically fell apart in recent weeks. We get an important win, and then we can't we can't match that up with uh, with back to back wins. So, like I say, for me tonight, the way I'm looking at it is, it's certainly points above performance. Hopefully, things like that will begin to fall in place eventually. But it is a big win, uh, and like you say, I mean the Ipswich fans they've certainly mirrored pretty much how we felt uh, for large parts throughout the course of the season. Some of them are even tweeting us saying that they had the hope that they got beast. So potentially that could lead to uh, to Paul Lambert sacking, but. I think in fairness to Ipswich tonight, they actually, you know, they did themselves well um, when they went down to 10. I thought they um, they actually responded very well. Um, mm. They didn't fall apart. They made the game very, very difficult for us. They nullified us for large chunks of the first half and it took a real moment of magic to unlock them. But um, yeah, uh, who cares really about them? The most important thing <laughs> is, is that we take a maximum points and, uh, and long may it continue. Yeah, it, I think it depends which way you swing it, and doesn't it? Like on one side, you can say, well, a team... Going going down to ten men so early in the game 
is a massive advantage to you. But on the other side of the coin, you could say, well, when they go down to 10 men, it completely refocuses them. It makes them sit behind the ball. It makes it a lot more compact and difficult to break down. And I actually think that's what the case was tonight. I think Ipswich, um, as Craig say, says there, they weren't too bad. And I think probably that, that red card early doors for them helped them in a sense because although they had one less player, it just made them become a lot more focused and rigid and and, and we, had, we had to do a lot more work, I think, than we might have thought we would have had done before the game um, to win, to to sort of pull them apart. And like Craig says, it was a fantastic goal that sort of separated the teams tonight. And uh, I suppose in that sense, it's credit to the players, isn't it, for just getting the job done? Yeah, I mean, I did think we were very, very sloppy um, in the first half in particular. You know, it was it went back to where we were just trying them aimlessly long balls up to Charlie White, which we know hasn't worked all season. And then... Uh, I mean, it's, like it's the one moment of quality in the first half was the goal, and it's it's nice play, isn't it? To you know, um, young Winchester does very very well. Nice little young. flick. Yeah, you know, I don't know. I suppose, what he I suppose he's young, young compared to us, and yeah. he's younger than me. I'm, <laughs> everyone's younger than me. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, you know, he's he's done well there. It's a nice ball out wide to power. It's it's a lovely cross. I mean, and, and it's a fantastic finish from Charlie Wyke, um, who's I'm sure we'll get into, but he's on fire at the minute, but. Yeah, I mean, we we did have to work very, very hard to break them down. And you saw Ipswich as well, just before we scored, we're actually getting back into the game a little bit. And I think they thought, oh, these aren't much, you know, um, and decided to try and buy, like you know go back at us. But then the goal, I think the goal came at a, much, at a lovely time for us and pretty much killed them off, really. They had a little go in the second half, but I thought we were a lot more comfortable in the second half. Yeah, let's. I'll just quickly run through what happened in the game because, to be fair, there wasn't mm-hmm. a lot went on. Um Started the game pretty slowly, I thought. The first 10 minutes were cagey, although we we had the majority of the ball. Um, We just sort of passed it around very slowly, side to side, didn't really do much. And then obviously we got that, Um, I guess in one sense, a lifeline from, from Ipswich when Caden Jackson it was a shocking tackle on Bailey Wright. And for mm-hmm. once, I, and with, I spend enough time slagging referees off, but for once, it's nice to see a referee get a big decision right in the game for Sunderland. So uh, yeah, fair play to the ref today, he got that one spot on. Um. Then there's the half went on. You know, you could sort of sense, and it's because we weren't we aren't in the ground, but you could sense the tension amongst our writers in the in the group chat there and on social media as well. You could sense the tension with the fans just sort of waiting for us to grab the game by the scruff of the neck. And what I mentioned in the first ten minutes there sort of carried on through the half. We didn't really, um, we didn't really, you know, go at Ipswich. But in fairness to Ipswich, they didn't make it easy for Sunderland, and they stayed tight and um. The one time we got the ball wide and whipped it in quickly, you know, and I, this might be credit to Lee Johnson, but um, we're getting the balls in the right areas for the striker and Charlie White once again, first time finish. I mean, I've been one of his biggest critics, but you've got to give the lad credit because when he's getting these one or two opportunities a game, he seems to be putting them in the back of the net. Um, so to go into time 1-0 up was massive because it was the perfect time to score the goal. It meant that Ipswich had to go in at half time, you know, Thinking they might have been all right a couple of minutes before half time, every, you know the world's turned upside down. Um, I imagine Lambert went absolutely mental with his players in the dressing room, and Lee Johnson will have probably just said to his, "Stay calm, you know, you're in control. You've got more players now. We're ahead. Let's keep it. Let's keep it as it is, you know." And that's why we came out at half time. Obviously, he, I thought we'll we'll get onto this, but I thought it was a great uh, bit of management from Johnson when he brought Winchester off, just because there was no real need to keep them on. I thought he'd had a canny half, but um, 
when when a player goes down to ten men, when a team goes down to ten men, and you've got a player like Winchester who's on a yellow, you know for a fact that their players are going to try their best to get in the ref's ear and get them sent off the, the first opportunity, and it wasn't even worth taking the risk. Um, but as the half progressed, we we carried on. Um, I actually thought start the second half we were pretty busy and we moved the ball a bit quicker. And then when Embleton came on um, at half time, I just felt that we moved the ball better in the final third. All right, we didn't create a great deal, but he he was important to that. I think he he you know his two two footedness and his ability you know in the final third uh, made us look a little bit sharper. Something we didn't have in the first half. But ultimately, it was a it was a pretty boring game in all all fairness we didn't you know we weren't we weren't fantastic but it's three points on the road and we've got to be happy with that um so i'm going to swing over to the three word review that we've thrown out on twitter i think we've had about 150 replies there's no way i'm getting through all of these um so i'm just going to read out a, a selection of these and we'll reflect on them um adam guest says ipswich were awful sunderland pakistan says the three points michael cowell shit short corners cameron johnson consecutive wins how are uh, Warren Riley, Warren Ridley even says Super Charlie White. Uh, our Phil says Charlie White Legend. Brownie says Painful but One. Um, Golf Cart White says Jordan White. Um, I'm not gonna read that. Um, John Ridley, I think this is a good one. A results business. Um, Tom Discipline Second Half. Um, Adam Guest Scowing a Menace. Keith Cowden Take the Points. Dazzler Needs Some Pace. Uh, Phil Rogers says Catamol uses notes. <laughs> yeah, any, anyone who didn't watch the Sky coverage of the game, Lee Catamol was in the studio and I don't think he looked up once. He was just staring at a piece of paper the whole time. Re- First time Lee Catamol's probably ever been nervous in his life. Um, and most importantly, JA5 underscore, he says wins a win. Uh, yeah, Craig, so pretty mixed bag there with, with, the, with the three word reviews, but. I think people more more importantly are just seeing this for what it is. It's just a win on the on the board. Three points puts us close out of the top six, doesn't it? Yeah, like I say, that's the most important thing for me uh, tonight, and the fact that it's it's something to build on now going away to a side where typically they would end their bad run of form against us. Hence the reason why there was so much kind of unease, I think, amongst the supporters uh, prior to kickoff tonight. It's like you say, ultimately it was an uninspiring performance, but. That being said, if you come away from a team who you are expected to to be competing against promotion with and you beat them, you've got a clean sheet. That's that's good enough for me this evening. Um, like I say, you know, it's one of those old tired cliches, isn't it? When a team goes down to 10 men, that they're much more difficult to uh, to play against. But there was, I think, maybe elements of um, good pastures of play tonight. Like you say, when we came out in the second half, there was a bit of a spring in the step. The concern I think that would certainly be highlighted by me is we don't seem to capitalise that much on on the good opportunities that we are creating. Um, we are you know creating maybe a rod for our own back. We we really should have put the game to bed several chances tonight where it was say well blocked by the uh, the Ipswich defence. But like I say, at least for the moment, it's uh, it's an important win. But I mean, by God, we really could do with uh, with hammering a team to to give us a bit more mm-hmm. confidence. I think watching at home, couldn't we? But like I said, we're in a, a relatively strong position now. Hopefully, we can build on it, and uh, we've just got to take that into the weekend. Yeah, I want to throw you a curveball here, and I want uh, two positives and two negatives from the game, if you can. Um, I would probably say two positives. Charlie White scored again, uh, and Elliot Embleton looked very good when he came on. Um. Two negatives, again, too slow. Um, and no one else seems to be able to get any goals for us. I mean, our last five league goals now, I'm fairly confident Charlie White's got them all. So someone's got to step up now, don't they? You know, we, we keep on 
you know, as as much as Charlie White has his terrible games, you know, because he's not a very good footballer, he's putting the ball in the back of the net. Now, when he has, you look at Plymouth last week, where he was awful, but there was nobody else who was capable of trying to at least get on the end of, of, the, of, of the ball, you know, and I think Ian O'Brien got a header, which was a nice header, but someone, he needs to step up and score more goals, and the midfield needs to, you know, step up and score more goals, like, you know, Josh Scowan needs to, you know, get a couple in, I would, I would say. Um, but I think, yeah, the way, I think the way the team's playing, though, do you not think it's like Johnson's trying to get them to play a certain way, and we, we seem definitely just to be set up to get the ball into Wyke as much as we can, don't mm-hmm. we? And um, the, the other problem, and you've just mentioned him there, Scowan, I mean, some of the long-range shooting's been shocking from him recently. <laughs> uh, I don't want to slag him too much, because like, I actually think he had a canny game today, but I do agree with you, actually. I think it would be nice for us to share the goals around a bit more. There was a point in that second half where Embleton got the ball and took his man and went to drill it across the uh, across the, the box, and there was white in the box, and it, it came mm. out as well, and just needed one of the midfielders to push forward, and there would have yeah. probably been you know, a shot on goal. So it, just, it needs just to be you know a little bit more advanced for me, but... You know, I'm not going to complain about winning one nil. So yeah, yeah, but yeah. it would be nice to be a little bit more clinical, wouldn't it? Uh, yeah, Craig, go on. Then I'm yeah. I'm going to throw at you the same. Then the two positives, two negatives. See if you can do something a bit different. And uh, I think as a negative, we do lack a bit of imagination in front of goal. I think tonight, where the conditions were worsening, you would have expected us to maybe stop launching balls towards White because <laughs> the ball was just zipping off the surface at times. And I think it's no coincidence that when we did eventually stretch the game and, and get the ball into his feet, that you know he takes the first opportunity and scores. So I think with that in mind, if we can, you know, maybe maybe look to exploit teams in in the manner that we eventually did, um, then obviously we can turn that that negative into a positive. Um, again, I, maybe maybe we're kind of clutching really a, a little if I'm if I'm getting into it a bit too much, but it, it, I probably am referring back to what Anne said. Um, again, it's it's not taking those chances. I mean, God forbid if Charlie White gets injured, who puts the ball in the back of the net? Because there was mm. a few times tonight, not even Josh Scowen, but Aidan McGeady had a, a really wayward shot. I think Grant Ledbit has had a few efforts as well. Um, we do look indecisive at times. And I mean, if I was a footballer on that surface tonight, knowing how it was spraying around on a, on a wet surface, you'd You'd be trying to look from anywhere. Um, mm. And you don't mind, you know, seeing nine or ten go go wide providing the next one goes in. But I, I think we've got to we've got to just back ourselves a little bit more rather than, you know, kind of pissing around really on the yeah. edge of the area. Just just really sort of back ourselves to to give it a go because you know, one of them inevitably is going to fly in the back of the nest. Um on the positives, I would say perhaps maybe Lee Burge. There was the suspect catch maybe outside the area, which um, which looked a little dubious on the first chance, but Although he had a quiet night when he was called into action, I thought he was really, really calm and comfortable. Um, and I think as well, as, uh, as another positive, when Deion, uh, Deion Sanderson, sorry, when he came on in place of um, place of Bailey Wright, he, he just fit in very, very well straight away. And there's, there's been a few calls now for people to say, like, why on earth is he not starting? And, and God forbid, yeah. I mean, he, he looks he looks really, really good. If if they were to recall him this month, I think we would be left short. But like I said, I think I think there's certainly more positives than negatives to take away from from tonight's performance. But um, yeah, like I said, good night all round. Perhaps we could have won a little more comfortably, but like I say, it's a, it's a good win. Yeah, if I could just throw one in myself, the short corners, the corners, set pieces, just yeah. gen- oh god, just so poor. I'm 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 repeating myself because we say this every week, but for the amount of corners we win, we do nothing with them, and it's it's something we really need to work on because. When a team's getting ten plus corners a game every game, and they're not they're not even threatening the goal. That that's I mean, when you what you're talking about there, aren't we? You're saying someone needs to step up and score. Really, 
people should be scoring from some of these set pieces we're getting. We yeah, 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 agree. Uh, agree. When was the last time? When was the last time in a league game? I think somebody said in the Villa 23s game, but I mean, that doesn't yeah. count. So, so in, in a league game, I, I can't remember. I really can't. Uh, that, that's, that's exactly it. I just cannot remember. I don't know if you can, Ant. Um, and the only one I can think of, and I'm not sure if it was direct from a corner, but Bailey Wright, when he scored that volley, was... I can't remember the game it was when he when we were. Oh, uh, it was a home a big game. One, no. Yeah, I don't yeah. know if it was from a set piece, but maybe uh, uh, it might have been. You know, coming back from a set piece or something yeah. like that. But that, that's the yeah. only time I can remember anything. As yeah, um, yeah Connor's normally good for this, and his memory's really <laughs> good. But I can I can never remember them. Now. They all just go into one. Well, I've been scroll. I've just been scrolling the three word reviews, and it's it's pretty common in there. A lot of people are fuming about the. The short corners. Oh. If I'm going to add a positive in, I would say Aidan O'Brien, just another consistent mm. performance from mm-hmm. him. I actually think one of the big positives since Johnson came in has been O'Brien's introduction into the team and, and playing alongside Charlie Wyke. And perhaps you could attribute some of Wyke's form to the fact that he's just got a really good foil there. I think O'Brien's he's not a spectacular player. He's not going to score you many goals, but he runs a lot. He links up the play. His movement's really good, which obviously distracts the defenders from perhaps what Wyke's doing. And um, I just thought he, he gave another good performance tonight. I think I think that was one thing I've noticed from just gauging the opinion of other people on Twitter and in our group chat and what have you. I think a lot of people think O'Brien did okay tonight. Um, and I think he deserves credit. He's just a low-key sort of, you know, becoming a very important first-team player, which... Before that, I think it was the Port Vale game, I was actually ready to get rid of him. I think most people were. Yeah. And then he scored in that game and he hasn't looked back. He's been he's been all right since. Okay, so uh, there's not really much else to cover on the game, so we'll go straight into the player ratings. And uh, we'll kick it off with Lee Burjan. I'll give him to you. How do you think the goal he did today? Yeah, um, everyone, what Craig said, I thought he did everything, which wasn't much, but he did it very well. Um, he made a really good save uh, right near, the, near the end when they got through. Um, you know, it was a comfortable enough save, but he did well to kind of like get it away from danger. Yeah. Um, and then right at the end, he took, I mean, it's a pretty much, you know, a clean cross he took. But then um, he got taken out as well. Like right at the end, he got taken out. So, and he, he dealt with that really well as well. So I've given him a, a nice solid six to start him off mm. with. Yeah, I feel like I give Lee Burgess six every time I do this. <laughs> so we'll uh, we'll not change that. Another clean sheet for him as well. And I think yeah. he's, uh, he's played out from the back tonight with virtually no pressure from the Ipswich forward line was good. You know, he had all the time in the world, as the defence did, mm. to sort of play out from the back, and I thought he did well. Um, and you've got to give your keeper credit when he gets clean sheets. I think yeah, there was definitely. a there was a point a couple of months ago where we were sort of questioning his place in the team, should we bring Patterson in? I think since around that time, he's been pretty solid. Um, and there was one hairy moment where, where uh, Sanderson hoofed it back to him. Probably the only thing Sanderson did wrong, really. And uh, Burge scrambled across his line, but received the ball very comfortably and sort of played, mm. you know, he didn't make a big deal out of it. Um, and there was another moment, actually, where towards the end of the game, uh, he sort of caught it just before it was about to cross the line into the into open play. Um, and their players have all appealed for a you know a handle outside the area. But he was quick to get into that position and catch the ball. Um, so, yeah, a pretty solid performance from Birch today. Uh, I'll go for McFadzian. I, I think I've been maybe a bit kind to him here. But I, just, I, I, right, I had him as a five. I thought... Because there was a couple of moments in the first half, he was the main thing with McFadden that does my head in is the foul throws and just being out of position defensively. But tonight we didn't have a great deal to do, and we kept a clean sheet, so that meant he was able to sit up the pitch. And although he didn't really do anything particularly inspiring, I would say he didn't really put a foot wrong. So 
for once I've gave him a six. Um, and you lads might have something different on that, but uh, I just think he he was pretty unspectacular tonight, and he didn't really do anything wrong, noticeably wrong, other than a couple of maybe little things that were trying to nitpick at. Yeah, I went to. I had, I had exactly the same as you. I had five, and I've scribbled it out just before we've came on air and put a six in. I didn't think he was that bad, but he's he's still not. Yeah, he's not a great player, is he? But no, we still yeah, need a left. Right. We need. I, I would still like to be going into the weekend with a new left back, but um, yeah, I don't know if that's going to happen. Uh, Craig Bailey Wright, he went off injured. Yeah, um, it's a bit of a funny one, really, because I think he lost concentration on a few occasions, but. I think obviously he was very unsettled uh, from the immediate kind of challenge on him, what, 10 minutes in or so. Um, and he was lucky to get up from that because it was absolutely horrendous. Um, some mixture, really, of some half decent long range passes. Um, and like I said at the top of the pod, I think where we were slightly guilty and, and wasteful in possession was when we were spraying the ball around too much and it was zipping off the surface, and Bailey Wright mm. was guilty of that as well. Um, I think really across the back line, not they didn't really have that much to do tonight, but when they were all called upon, they were, they were okay. Um, so again, I mean, I don't feel like it goes high as a six. Obviously, you just hope that that he'd be okay, he'll be, uh, he'd be all right. Maybe it was just a precaution him coming off in that golf buggy uh, towards the end. But yeah, I, uh, I I don't think I could go higher than a six, but that's not a reflection on maybe a poor game. I just think, like, like I said, it's just a, a very generic performance, what you perhaps come to expect. But, you know, we can't really ask fair for much more than that, I think. Hmm. Jordan Willis and yeah, I've given Jordan Willis a seven. Um, thought he was our best defender uh, on the pitch tonight. Thought he was very, very good, very strong. Um, and I thought he actually, if you watch when Sanderson came on, I thought he mar- he took the lead to marshal the defence, and I thought he did very, very well with that. Um, you know, Ipswich brought a, a different kind of strike one, didn't him in the second half? It caused a little bit of problems early on when he came on, but. Willis quickly got to deal with him and a little bit unfortunate not to get a goal at the uh, start of the second half. I thought he sort of like, diverted his foot quite well, um, but it just it, it didn't go in. But yeah, I thought he, was, thought he was very, very solid. It's nice to see him after last week. Nice to see him get two 90 minutes under his belt and he looks strong. So that's, yeah. that can only be good for us. Hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm taking Max Power and uh, I've given him a seven. I thought his assist for the goal was fantastic and uh, he really seems to be growing into a decent right back. I just like how... You know, he sort of knows his limitations and he doesn't try and beat people for pace and cross it. He sort of crosses it early, but he puts, most importantly, it, whether it's early or, or he's taking it down the byline or he's coming inside to cross it, when he's crossing the ball, he's putting it into dangerous areas. And mm-hmm. I actually think his passing's been better as a right back than it has as a central midfield player. Yeah. Definitely, um, definitely. He, even even when he's not trying to get the ball to, to Charlie White, he's do you know he's even just in the middle of the pitch playing one twos with people. Um, you know when we're trying to work the ball wide, he's passing a lot quicker. He just seems very comfortable there, and I've I've got to be fair to him and say you know played well tonight. So yeah, I gave him a seven. I think considering he's not blessed with much pace, you know he does get he does get forward well. Um, especially if you mm. look for that goal. I mean. For Max Power, I mean, typically, as you say, his passing sometimes in midfield can be a, a little long, a little wayward. But since he's been, you know, kind of clutching onto the wing and and you know dragging defenders wide, he really is uh, creating like a, an absolute nightmare uh, to fair for people to defend against. And it, it, it's an excellent option, especially if you think we've got like Conor McLaughlin to come back. We've got Luke Nine, who I don't think will will feature it right back again. So yeah. it's really now, if you look at it, it's definitely Max Power's position. Hmm. Uh, Josh Scorn then Craig. Uh, interesting one because I think he had said that uh, somebody had noted in the three word review that somebody said he was uh, 
you know, kind of like hassling and, and hurrying at people. I agree. I think it was probably one of his better performances of late. He comes in for an awful lot of criticism. And I think that maybe is uh, attributed to his, you know, poor decision-making at times. Uh, he, he gave the ball away on a few occasions tonight, but he, he was he was quite tireless. He never stopped running. Um, he showed for the ball an awful lot. I, I just went with a standard six, but like I said, again, it wasn't too much to write home about, but it certainly wasn't as bad as some people have made out. So mm. if we can see a performance like that every week and come away with points, then, you know, we'll, we'll all take it. Yeah, I went one higher. I've given him a seven and just looking on the site as well. Jimmy gave him a five. So where did you land, on? I, I right slap bang in the middle with a six. Um, you, you know what? He nearly got a seven. Um, he's, I thought his defensive work tonight was excellent for, for yeah, us. Yeah, um, at times. Yeah. I actually think the best bit of defending the game came from him. I noted it on Twitter. Um, mm-hmm. He saw. I watched him. He, he. It was about 15, 20 minutes from the end of the game. Uh, he tracked the man probably three quarters of the length of the pitch. And he was basically at centre half and he got round the back of him, nicked the ball and passed it out. And it was just like really, you know, I, I love to see that from midfield players, just tracking back and working hard and winning the ball, intercepting. And he'd done that a number of times across the game, actually. I thought he, you know, he, I think his last two performances have been a big improvement on probably his performances across the season. He's deservedly came in for a lot of stick, but yeah, I gave him a seven. Let's say though, uh, there's, it's been a mixed bag because... In Jimmy's ratings on the site, he gave him a five. He said, like Sunland's other central midfielders, there was just too much bad passing. Um, maybe, maybe harsh, maybe fair. You don't know, but um, yeah, I thought I thought he did okay. Uh, Grant led bit there. I think that's you, Ant. Yeah, I've gone with a five actually for Grant. Um, I I, I think the bother is with him because you know, look, he's thirty five years of age now. He's he's going to struggle to to see um ninety minutes out every game. But I would probably be tempted not to play him in midweek games because. Uh, I just don't think he, his legs can do it for you know for two games and three. It's hard on the body. It's hard on anybody's body. Never mind a thirty-five-year-old lad, you know. And to credit to um, Grant, he keeps himself naturally fit. He's you know, but I just think that t- tonight he was slow. Um, his passing wasn't as good as what it usually is. Uh, I thought the the Ipswich midfielders were just you know just cruising past him. To be honest, I thought that young Dazelle who was Ipswich, I thought he was really really good tonight. I wouldn't mind Sunderland going in for him to be honest, but I thought he kind of outshone Ledbetter a little bit tonight. And yeah, I would probably in future be looking maybe to play Winchester scored and then bring somebody in um, yeah. and maybe just let, let Grant do the Saturday games or vice versa or whatever. But I just think it's too much to ask for him at the minute. Yeah. So he's got a five anyway. You called Dazelle young, so I had to check that he is actually young and you'll be happy to know he is. He's 21. Uh, <laughs> just you, making sure. Did you hear though, did you hear it on Johnson's interview put out before the game, he called Charlie White a kid? <laughs> <laughs> I suppose comparatively he probably is a kid, but uh, yeah. yeah, I had to make sure Dazelle was actually quite young and you'll, you'll be happy to know he is. Next up is Winchester, that's me. So I've gave him a six and... I think he's probably the most contentious of all the players tonight. Um, a lot of people were slagging him off when I checked Twitter at half time, but I actually thought he had a good half. Thought pretty solid. What I like about him is when he gets the ball, he moves it very quickly. Um, what I don't like about him is that when it comes to tackling, he's rash. It's yeah. not the first time he's only played a handful of games, but it's not the first time he's dove in and gave away a stupid foul, and he was rightly booked for it. And like I said earlier in the show, I think. Johnson made the right decision in bringing him off. It's not a reflection on his performance that he came off because I don't think he played so badly that the manager had to make a sub at half time. It's nothing to do with that. I think Johnson's just recognised that if he sends Winchester back out there with a yellow card, knowing the way he plays as well, although he's managed them before, he knows he, he might know he's not a great tackler. Um, 
then he knows that Ipswich, as soon as he dives in and gives a foul away, they're going to be round the referee. Mm. They're going to be trying to level the teams up, make it 10v10 again. So he brought them off. Um, so, yeah, I give I give him a six. I don't know if anybody disagrees with that. But I noticed on Twitter, like I say, there were a lot of people who weren't impressed with him at all. But I thought his flick for the goal was the difference in that goal. Like Obviously, it was a great finish by Wyke. Brilliant cross by Power. But the whole move doesn't happen if he doesn't move that the yeah. ball as quickly as he does. So I think he deserves a bit of credit. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I'm f- sorry. Sorry, I'm I'm fully in no agreement uh, that the 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 touch and the build up for the goal I thought was absolutely brilliant. Just touching on the uh, the disciplinary side of things, I mean, yeah, he was he was basically a walking target, so I thought it was the right decision to haul him off. I think some of his is kind of like um, his early disciplinary issues, if you like, because there's been I think maybe two or three bookings now. It's very reminiscent of Power's early days. He seems like a very sort of excitable midfielder who's just looking to make an impression immediately. And I think what he'll probably benefit from is somebody to maybe put the arm around him and say, like, look, maybe you don't need to make that challenge that you have. Um, but I think that's maybe him just trying to put a stamp on the game. I think beyond that, he you know, he didn't really um, get involved that much. Perhaps he didn't pick the final ball, but I, I think the, the decisive thing in terms of rating him higher, like you say, it was that it was the excellent flick in the build-up to Ike's goal. Yeah. Uh, Aidan McGeady, I think that's you, Craig. Uh, yeah, pretty... Pretty poor, I thought, from McGeady at night. Actually, he didn't really show much quality. Um, you know, he'd done well in terms of stretching the game-wise. He seems more often than not to get the better of his man. But I think, he, for me, the, the biggest criticism I've got of him tonight is, is decision-making. I mean, when there was times where we were bursting through on goal and he cut inside, for example, there were so many options where he took that chance and he's just blazing at 40 yards wide and over the bar. And I think that's something where he really needs to kind of drop that sort of selfish attitude. You don't mind it if he's, you know, going to be converting those chances. But let's be fair, there was a lot more better options on than that. I think it was the right decision to bring him off. Um, I think he's probably got to start looking over his shoulder a little bit as well, because although he has done well since coming back in the team, I think two goals and two assists. But if you look at, say, Elliot Embleton's performance tonight, you look at maybe Luke O'Nine's going to now be playing in a more attacking role. We've got Chris Maguire as an option coming off the bench. We've got Lyndon Gooch as well. Um, even Jack Diamond, he he wasn't even mentioned, but um, he's he's certainly not going to have a starting start place, always guaranteed. So uh, I would expect certain improvement from him if he is to be involved this weekend. I, I only give him a five. Yeah, I'll give him a six, but I don't disagree with anything you've said there. I think with McGeady as well, we, we sort of forget that he isn't a young man. And uh, maybe he's got to be managed a little bit better as well. He's starting a lot of football games at the minute. Yeah, and especially the fact that he hasn't been involved really for the best part of a yeah. year. So I mean, obviously happy to you know kind of look at that as a mitigating factor. But I think in terms of at least if you've got an option on, you know, just just make the right ball. He'd done this when we were down at Lincoln the other week for Jack Diamond picked out a beautiful pass for the goal. Um, and like I said, perhaps I'm being a little too harsh on him, but um, yeah. but yeah, no higher than a five. What what I would say about McGeady and maybe I'm wrong on this, but what I think with him is when he starts games, he gives the opposition something to worry about in terms of him just being on the pitch. Like the opposition in the build-up to a game when they're preparing the players and they're analysing Sunderland's threats. Unless you watch us every week, the first player you're going to look at is Aidan McGeady, you know? And and teams will, will shape up in a way to try and stop him from being effective. And I actually think Wyke's benefited from McGeady's inclusion as much as he has maybe O'Brien in that... Wyke's just been able to find space um, and McGeady and O'Brien have done a good job of dragging defences around a bit and maybe, you know, distracting them. Um, so even when he's not playing well, when he's getting the ball out wide, they're on the back foot. They're, they're doubling up on him. Players are moving across just to stop him. 
Um, but I'll give him a six. But to be fair, I think I've probably been generous. I think you're right. Um, he, he's probably had an off night tonight and coming off maybe a little bit later than I would have liked. Uh, Charlie Whitehand, that's yours. He's he's the goal scorer once again tonight. Uh-huh. Yeah, um, you know what? I've given him a seven. Um, he nearly got an eight, to be honest. I actually thought his hold-up play tonight was probably yeah. the best we've seen. Agreed. From him, yeah. um, especially this season, you know, because no, normally everything bounces off and goes 10 yards away and he's, he makes a foul. Didn't really... Cr- he didn't really give away that many silly fouls and he brought a lot of fouls on him, didn't he? I mean, that one right at the end, I think Don Goodman on the, um, it was anal- uh, analysing the game, he said it's all just Charlie White. It's all just Charlie White. He just banged, banged into somebody, drew the foul out and it was it was really good. It was actually clever, you know, and, um, you know, and it, you know, we will go on about the finish. Um, you know, it was a very, very good finish, you know. It's a good ball, but that needs putting away and, you know, he's it, it, just flying and, it's really nice to see because you know we have on on here and and everywhere given him a lot a lot of stick, but he's banging fifteen goals a season in now, so it's it's really really nice to see. And yeah, but on tonight, like I say, his hold up player was excellent. His build up player was very good. Him and O'Brien, I agree with you. I think they're very very good together. Um, and it can only be um be good for the for us. You know, mm. I just hope he continues it. I just really hope he goes into Saturday. And gets another one, and not just has has like a night against like like what happened against Plymouth. Yeah, just really, really want him to kick on now. Somebody's just sent us a tweet tonight, which um is interesting. Josh Madja in the eighteen nineteen season, thirty games, sixteen goals, two assists. Charlie White in this season, twenty seven games, fifteen goals, two assists. Mm-hmm. So you know his record. You know what that means, don't you? He's going to Bordeaux. You know what that means? <laughs> He's going to Bordeaux. Yeah. Stuart Donald is selling him at the first opportunity. <laughs> Do you not think as well? I mean, I don't want to like. I'm not. I'm not. You know, I'm not comparing Josh Madger with Charlie White, but Josh Madger was getting them goals probably in a better team as well. So you know, I'm yeah. I, I just think it just really, just really does. You've got to give credit where credit's due. You know, and, and you know there is going to be some, you know, some people on our on our podcast team who'll be like, oh, and and you know, giving Charlie White praise again, but. You've got to give it when it's due, you know. I'll criticise him when when criti- criticism's due, but on tonight, excellent performance. Really good striker's performance, actually. Do you think it's reasonable to say, though, and do you think it's reasonable to say that we're now seeing the best of them because we've actually worked out that we can't play long-term from mm-hmm. deep? All of these big balls up. I mean, let's be fair, as you've already mentioned, as Gav's mentioned, if you've got players around him, if you've got McGeady drawing people out wide, um, if you've got Aidan O'Brien in there as well, being effective then it gives us an opportunity to be as high up the pitch as, as a collective. And then as we've seen tonight and as we've seen on Saturday, we've fed him with two two quality bits of service there. Saturday's goal was Niall Quinn-esque. That, that's how good that was. And yeah, tonight, right, again... No, it wasn't. That, it was a fluke, Craig. It was a fluke. Oh, sorry, apologies <laughs> for that one. I don't want to be upsetting people. But even tonight, I mean, what a finish that was. If yeah. if you've seen somebody like Harry Kane turn that in on, uh, on match of the day, they'd be talking about it for, for the rest of the weekend. And I think, um, I think, like I said, now we're seeing the best of him. I mean, granted, obviously it was your rating, but for me, he was comfortably the man the match tonight. He was backing in at people. He was he was throwing his body around. He's very, very clever. And, and that's where he's been a little bit lacklustre in his recent seasons. But he's now, in my opinion, actually shown what he can deliver because we're actually playing to his strengths. It's, yeah, it's, it's like the pennies finally dropped. Um, certainly, but it's, certainly. I mean, he's not just scoring tap-ins either, is he? Like, he's not no, just he's scoring tap-ins. They, like you've just said there, that goal on Saturday was, you know, we, we've had jokes about it, haven't we? But it was a great goal. Tonight was a great goal. Wimbledon, he, he's three. Very good finish. Not sorry, the first one was terrible. The, the, the second two, <laughs> the off the corner and the, the chip through when he chipped over the goalkeeper. 
are both excellent finishers, so it, he's yeah. proven now that now he's got a bit of confidence. He's got a bit of confidence on his back now. It can only go. It can only get better from him, you know. And he will be come the end of the season if he keeps this form up. He'd be the top scorer, so you, you can't really like you can't really give him any any doubts at the moment. No, I think you know? I think that that uh, comparison to Madjaz record is is um it sort of brought it home to me just how well he's done this season. I didn't mm-hmm. realize he'd done that well. Until you see it written down, you think how you think about how well Madge had done that season. Became such a massive player in that team, um, and we felt we felt his loss when he when he left that January. Wikes become that important to us this season, I guess, in terms of his 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 performance in front of goal, and um, with Greg and Graham looking likely maybe to leave before the end of the transfer window, it would be nice to get somebody in to help share the burden with with him and O'Brien up top. Um, but yeah, I agree with you, Craig. Comfortably man the match tonight. I know we'll get mm-hmm. on to the man the match, but yeah. Um, last but not least in the starters is Aidan O'Brien. I gave him a seven. Not bang on too much. I've already explained how well I thought he played tonight. Um, but yeah, I'm just glad he's starting to hold down a place in the team. Uh, Craig, I'll let you quickly bang through the final four. Then the subs go on. We'll not we'll not distract you because we're running on a bit. So go on. <laughs> Uh, what, Embleton, seven. I thought he was really good when he came on, very direct. As I think everybody says, yeah. we love that he's two-footed. He's very clever with his movement. Probably deserved a goal maybe for all of his hard work. Sanderson, again, very impressive. What, seven out of ten. Looks a class above this level. Mm-hmm. Um, If it is the case that we get promoted, even if we don't, I'd certainly like to see him extend the stay here. We'll not be able to buy him permanently because there is every chance he'll be uh, a Premier League regular in a couple of years from now. Uh. Gucci 09, probably unfair to maybe give them anything um, because I just don't feel like they had that much time to make an impact. Luke 09 was maybe a little bit clever, sort of throwing himself around. He's, you know, for, for a nice guy, Luke 09, I think he's very clever. He's a little bit of a shithouse, isn't he, the way he tries to rile people up. Um, mm. And Gooch waves chasing um, chasing down like a lost cause in the last last five minutes or so. Um, so, yeah, I think it was... Uh, it was, it, was, it was pretty much a, a good round performances from all the substitutes tonight. And what I was pleased about is, as I think they were all used at the right time, um, perhaps McGeady could have come off a little bit earlier. Yeah. Um, but beyond that, I think I think they're all they're all done well. It killed the game at the right times. Mm. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, me and Craig both said Charlie White were our man the match tonight. And was he yours? Yeah, um, you know, without going on about him too much, he was my man of the match, yes. I thought Jordan Willis was very good, but the match winner was Charlie White and he deserves the man of the match for me. Absolutely. And uh, finally, the manager, I've given him an eight. I think he uh, he was bold with his team selection. He went a little bit more defensive. He tried to match up, switch up. And um, obviously the plan went out the window when they got a man sent off early doors. So nice to see him make a couple of positive changes once again off the bench. You know, if you look at all four of those subs, they're all... Uh, obviously, Sanderson was in force, but uh, Embleton, Gucci and 9 are all positive changes. So I thought we managed the game well. Uh, he was... He did very well in bringing Winchester off when he did. I thought that was good management. And uh, he continues to have us playing in a way that gets the best out of the striker. So, yeah, he gets a nice, comfortable 8 out of 10 from me. And? Yeah, I'll give him an 8 as well, uh, pretty much for what you've said. And the fact that we've got a very, very good three points against, you know, I know Ipswich, uh, we've said it all about Ipswich. But, you know, they're a team who are promotion candidates at the start of the season. So to go and win their way from home, keep clean sheets, you can't give him any less than an eight, can you? Yeah. It's fantastic. Craig? 
Full house, eight out of ten. Yeah. Um, I mean, look, it was it wasn't great, but it was a very important win. And I know that there has been criticism from an awful lot, perhaps fair as well. Um, that some people have said that we haven't really kicked on too much from Parkinson, but I think what we're now trying to do, it's it's evident. You can see that we're we're completely changing the way that we're looking to play football. More mm. touches in the box, mm. um, and I think the biggest takeaway for me is that a Sunderland team really in this division should never be outworked by anybody. And I think it happened a little too much under Phil Parkinson. Um, but today, again, I think although Ipswich, they they reacted very well to going down to 10. Um, in the past, maybe we would have crumbled under the expectation and the pressure. But I think we managed it very, very well. And again, that all comes from, uh, from him on the touchline. So, yeah, really pleased. Yeah, well said. Okay, so we'll round off there. Um, we're back once again. The pods are coming thick and fast. So we've got another extra preview show coming up this week ahead of the Gillingham game, which is a one o'clock kickoff on Saturday. Don't forget that. Uh, and of course, we'll be back after the match with the player ratings pod, which will either be me or Ant. We haven't decided yet. Um, and then <laughs> next week, we've got two games against MK Dons. Wow. Uh, Football League trophy quarter final game on Tuesday night. And then we play again away at MK Dons in the league. So um, that should be fun, having to watch us play them twice. Um, but yeah, thanks very much, lads, for joining us. It's another win, so we're all happy. And uh, be sure to check out the Roker Report website as the week progresses. And of course, don't forget to donate to our fundraiser, which we're doing before the month ends. We're trying to... Uh, two trips to Wembley and back, we're doing between 15 or so of us. We're either walking, running, or uh, cycling in Johnny Rob's case. I think he did 80 kilometres today on his bike to try and get that total up. Beast. Um, but yeah, you can find all the links for that on our Twitter pages, Instagram, etc. Um, please donate if you can. We're trying to raise just a meagre sum of it, of uh, £500. Uh, so if we can hit that before the end of the month, that'll be fantastic. And of course, uh, check out our chief sponsor, which is the Sunland Community Soup Kitchen. It's been good to see their progress on Facebook this week. They've uh, brand new flooring and the nice new takeaway. Nice to see all of our hard raised money for a fantastic cause. Our Christmas is going to good use. Um, and it's going to be nice to see that that place in full swing. So if you if you want to keep up with what's going on there, just be sure to follow them on Facebook. They update the page daily. And it's great to see what's going on in your city, really. Some good people doing some good work. So, uh, yeah, thank you very much for joining us, and uh, we'll catch you later. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.